Well, good morning, everyone, and happy Saturday to you. I know we're out here. It's going to be a hot one, but you came here early. And so I promise I won't keep you here till we're out in the heat and it's 90 degrees outside. So before we begin, I'd just like to tell you a few things about myself. My name's Pete, and uh, I attend First Family Church. And one of the things that I like to do, because I'm a guy, is I watch this show on TV. It's called Gold Rush. You guys familiar with it? Yes. And that show is about gold mining. Okay, It's probably geared for guys. I don't know if any women like watching it. But it's about gold mining. It's this big machinery and they take these big swaths of land to get these little, little tiny pieces of gold. Yes. And I like at the end of the show where they take all of the gold and they use the chemical treatment just to get to see the, the raw, pure gold. And then they weigh it to see how much it weighs, so how much it costs, right? How much they can sell it for. But you see, when they get the gold out of the ground initially, it's not really worth as much as they think. It needs to be refined. It needs to be treated so you have that pure, pure gold. And what I didn't know is that the purest gold you can get is 24 karat gold. And you know what's interesting is you won't see it at a jewelry store. Because 24 karat gold is 99.9% pure. And it, because it's so pure, it's not as, as hard to use as jewelry. It's very soft. And the color is not really a nice gold color. It's a nice orange. And so it's not even meant for that. It's more for a specific use in electronics and things like that. But just as gold is refined to get the value at, to get the most pure amount, God refines us to make us more like Christ. And today, this morning, we're going just through eight verses. And it's the book of 1 Kings. It's a time in the Old Testament where there's a drought in the land. We all live in California, so we're familiar with droughts, right? In fact, I read a story recently of a man living in a houseboat. I believe it was Lake Mead. He uh, left for a few days, and he came back to his houseboat. But guess what? There was no more water. He was stuck in the sludge, and he had to have someone help to put his water back into, into, into more deeper water. So, but that is how crazy it is. And even today, with droughts, we, there's no way we can stop it. We can use some build dams, or we can channel rivers. But at the end of the day, we depend on the rain, the snow, and things like that to help us with the drought. So imagine in the Old Testament times, a drought. That would affect the water you drink, the food that you can grow, the water to feed your livestock, perhaps, for milk. And so this is what was happening in 1 Kings chapter 17. And in the story, we have Elijah, Elijah the Tishbite, who is a prophet of God. And the Lord, through Elijah, promised a three-year drought as judgment upon Israel. And in the story here, it starts off in verse 8. Arise thee, go to, go, go, go to Zerubbath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So during the drought, Elijah was told by the Lord to stay by a brook for water, and he had crows coming to give him food. Eventually, the brook dried up and no more water. And so the Lord says, Elijah, I want you to go to a place called Zarephath, which belongs to Zidon, and I want you to go there, and I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Now, the word Zarephath means the place of refinement, 
remember I talked about earlier about gold and refining? Well, the Elijah here is going to go to the place of refinement. The Lord is going to refine him as we're going to see. And the Lord refines us in three ways as we're going to see. There's more than three ways, but in this chapter here, in these eight verses, I'm going to show you just three. And so Elijah arose and he went to Zarephath and he came to the gate of the city. Behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Here, Elijah comes to this place during a drought. And you figured the Lord would say, I want you to go find the richest guy who has all the water and he's going to help you out. But no, the Lord asked Elijah to go to a widow. Now a widow, today we have social services and programs to take care of widows. But back then, if you were a widow, you couldn't work. If you didn't have any children to help you, like they couldn't do anything. You were basically dependent on charity. And so we read here, this woman was out at the gate of the city and she was out there gathering sticks. She didn't have any wood at home to cook her food. She had nothing. She had to go out there and to gather what sticks she could find. That's how poor she was. And God says, I want you to ask her, Elijah. I want you to depend on her. And so the first way the Lord refines us is by placing us in places, in situations where we can only rely on him, right? God sent him to go there. There was no water. And the same thing, same thing is with us. God sometimes puts us where we're in a spot where we have nowhere else to go but to rely on God. And we have to trust in him in those situations. And so the widow is there gathering sticks, and Elijah asks her, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Now think about what he is asking this widow. They're in the middle of what? A drought. Water is precious. She is a widow, and he's saying, Hey, I ask, could you give me a little water? And I love what the widow does here in verse 11. As she was going to fetch it, she was going to fetch it. She didn't hesitate and be like, uh, are you talking to me? I'm the woman out here gathering sticks. I don't have any water, Elijah. But she was about to fetch it. And Elijah continues and asks her, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. And he asked not only for water, but for bread, because that's what God told him to do. And this woman was obedient. And we see the second way the Lord refines us is by putting people in our lives to help us rely on them, to realize that we cannot do things by ourselves. If we are in Christ, we are not an island. We need people. We need the body of Christ. We need church. And sometimes it's in unusual ways, like here, through the widow. And in verse 12, the widow says, and she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a little oil and a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. That's how poor she was. She was out there thinking, I'm going to grab these last few sticks I could manage. We're going to go home and I'm going to cook the last of the oil, the last of the bread, and we are going to feast. And then we're all out of food. We're all out of water. And we're going to die because we have nothing left. 
and Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou, as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first and bring it to me. And after, make thee a cake for your son. And Elijah says, fear not. Fear not. What is interesting is fear not is the same words that Jesus said when he took the disciples. He told them to go out to the Sea of Galilee and go out ahead of them to cross the sea. And a storm came. And we're probably all familiar with the story. And they were freaking out. And here Jesus was walking on water. And they're thinking, it's a ghost. Who is it? And he says, do not fear. Fear not. Trust me. And that's what Elijah is telling this woman. And that's another way how the Lord finds us, is to put our trust in him, in his word. And notice with me, he says, make me a cake, and then make yourself and your son a cake. But if I was a woman, I'd be like, well, hey, I only have enough for me and my son. If I give you the cake, then I, I don't have anything to give. We starve. Game over. But Elijah tells her a promise. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. There's a promise there. If you make this cake for me, that oil, that meal, for three years, that drought, it will not run out. But you have to trust what God says. And put yourself in that position. I know you, but that'd be hard. You have a family. You're like, uh, I don't know. But we can look and see in verse 15. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. A man she met that morning, their last two sticks, her oil, the water, the meal, to make a cake. And she did according to the saying of Elijah. She trusted in the promise of God, in the promise of what Elijah did. And she and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not. Neither did the cruise of, of oil fail according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. And while the Lord refines us, the Lord also, there are fruits of being refined. You see, one of the fruits of when we're refined and when we are learning to trust God is we learn to be obedient. We learn to step by faith like this woman, right? She stuck a step of faith. She was obedient to what Elijah had told her. Second, she was trusting in the promises of God. She was trusting it. In Matthew 6, Jesus says to put the kingdom of God first and all of these things shall be added unto you, but you have to trust in me. And the result of her finding is that what? She received. She received what God has promised. And that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Now, I'm not sure where you're at this morning. 
Because the Lord is either going to refine you, and if you are in Christ, He's bringing you closer to Him. Because the Lord wants not just some of you, but all of you. I've heard this a while ago, but if the Lord had everything about you, except your pinky nail was not there, would He have all of you? No. Have you ever lost a nail? It's very painful, right? That little tiny nail, but the Lord wants all of you. Why? Because he wants to make you more like Christ. And so if you are going through a drought this morning, rejoice in that. Because the Lord is refining you. He's learning to have you go into situations where you don't want to be, but you have to trust God. And it's in the most unlikely circumstances. It may be through a widow like Elisha, but he had to be obedient to fall through. Or, or, the Lord is bringing you to know Christ. And the Lord is bringing you in the situation to see that I need a Savior. I can't do this thing by myself. You see, if the woman, if Elijah had not come, that woman would no longer be around, right? But God came that day and he presented to her. He brought Elijah in. He says, if you will just trust my word, if you will believe the promises that I have, then you and your house, will the oil will not run out, neither will the water, neither will the bread, the meal. But you have to trust me. And so this morning, I I ask you, where are you at? Are you in Christ? Are you without Christ? Are you trying to do things on your own, but you're coming up short? Because in Romans, it says we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every one of us. There's no one perfect. And if someone says they're perfect, run away from them because they're not. Unless it's your spouse, then they're always perfect, right? Yes. But we all have fallen short. And the Lord is saying, today is the day of salvation. There's a great evangelist called D.L. Moody, and he used to have huge, huge tent revivals. And one revival he had was in Chicago. And there was a great fire in Chicago. And the night before the fire, he decided that, you know what, I'm not going to share the gospel with them until tomorrow, the next day. And that fire came, and thousands of people lost their lives. Those people thought, well, I can wait till tomorrow, right? But you might not have tomorrow. So you need to realize that, that you're a sinner. You need to rely on God. You need to realize, I can't do this my own. And Christ has provided that for you. How did he do it? He lived the perfect life. He did what you and I can't do. And he died on the cross for our sins. That was our punishment, our debt. That's the idea of you. You decided to go, you got caught speeding, going 50 miles an hour in 25 mile an hour zone. The judge says, hey, go to court. Did you realize that there was a a deaf children convention there? It's very dangerous what you were doing. And the fine, he says, is $5 million. None of us could have $5 million, right? But the judge says, he takes off his robe, and he comes down, and he says, I will pay your fine for you. 
And that's what Christ did. He came down from heaven to humanity and he paid the price for us. He paid for all of our sins. But we have to trust in him. And so I invite you this morning to talk to one of the elders. Talk to me. Talk to Pastor Nick. Say, I, I want to know more about Christ. I want to live in faith. I want to be obedient like this, 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 this widow woman. And see where the Lord takes you. Trust him at his word. He will not lie to you. He will not. His word will not turn void. This widow, it was scary, but she took a step of faith out. Because why? God was refining her for that very moment. And I don't know what brings you here today, but perhaps it's the Lord. Perhaps the Lord is saying, hey, enough's enough. I want you to be mine. I want you to surrender and come to me. And if you are in Christ, rejoice. Realizing that tough circumstances, situations, refine you to make you more like Christ, to make you more dependent on Christ. And so I'm going to close in prayer. And I'm not sure what happens afterwards. But if you want to hang out and chat, I'm more than welcome to hang out and then talk with you. Um, or if you can talk to anyone else. If you have somewhere to go, hey, that's fine too. Remember the story. Remember what we talked about today. So let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time together in your word. And Lord, in our lives, we'll be going to, to Zarephath. We'll be going to the place of refinement. And it is there, Lord, that we will be refined to be more like you if we already know you. Or if we don't know you, Lord, we will be fine so that we may come to you and realize that you are God and you are good. And so, Father, I pray, Lord, for everyone here this morning, I pray that they know you and that they're trusting in you, trusting in your word, knowing that you will not leave them nor forsake them, Lord. That, Lord, you will fulfill our needs. You've already met them spiritually. Just like the widow's barrel of oil and meal did not run out, your grace does not run out. We can keep pouring and pouring and pouring that grace upon us, and it will still cover our sins. But if there's anyone here who does not know you, today is a day of salvation. And I pray that they would not leave here until they know you. Lord, bless everyone here today. Keep them safe, Lord. Keep them in the, the, the palm of your hand. And Lord, we just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.